Now, don't quote me on this, but I think we'll be in Matthew 9. I'll know when I get to my notes. So our theme this year is Believe to See. And it's taken from Psalm 27, 13, which says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And what started as believing to see the goodness of the Lord in going to two Sunday morning services, because of how God was growing our church numerically at the beginning of this year, it has certainly taken a turn far different than I would have ever expected. And since mid-March, it's just been crazy. Now, it's the first part of Psalm 27, 13 these days that grabs my attention. You can see I left it off the banners. But now I look at those first words that said, I had fainted. I had fainted unless. And in times when we have one expectation in mind, but God has something different in mind. It can be difficult sometimes through those circumstances not to faint. And David penned, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. And while I know God is always good, I'm still believing to see the original vision that we started the year with. For tonight, join me in Matthew chapter 9. I want to continue this series, Believe to See. Believe to See in 2020. That even rhymes. Amen. Somebody ought to make a t-shirt or something. Oh, we already did that. Cindy gave that look. I'm not making more t-shirts. I saw that, sister. As she's filing her nails. (laughs) Now, this, this whole chapter deals with faith. It's likely we're going to return to this chapter in this series at some point to address some of these different accounts. But for tonight, let's jump down to verse 27, and we'll read through verse 31. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27 says, And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all that country. There's just some things you can't keep quiet, amen? And if you have an encounter with Jesus, you won't be able to keep quiet. But that's not the message. Notice in verse 29 that Jesus says to these two blind men, according to your faith, be it unto you. And I want to focus on this thought tonight. According to your faith, be it unto you. As has been mentioned earlier in this series, many say that seeing is believing, but faith is believing to see. And for these two blind men, it certainly was believing to see, both literally and spiritually. And if you'll take note of verse 26 for just a second, we see that the fame of Jesus went abroad into all that land. Jesus had just raised Jairus' daughter back to life in the preceding verses. 
And you can imagine that after a miracle like that, word is going to spread pretty fast throughout that land. And no doubt, these two blind men had heard of Jesus and the miracles He had performed. And they obviously knew that somewhere in their general area was Jesus. But of course, they can't see Him. And so they cry out for the Messiah, Thou Son of David, have mercy on us. And notice that they don't just cry out. But in verse 27, it says they were crying out. Which indicates they kept on crying. This was not a one-time cry. This was them crying over and over again. Thou Son of David, have mercy on me. It was with intensity. It was with persistence. They were frequently repeating this phrase. And can you picture that in your mind as they're trying to get hold of Jesus who they can't even see? But notice in verse 28, Jesus just keeps on going right into the house. It seems as if Jesus has ignored them. He doesn't stop. He doesn't speak to them at all. But He just keeps walking into the house. And yet, we see that it didn't stop these two men. They're still seeking after Jesus even though He's left the streets. I'm not sure how they knew where Jesus went. Maybe simply by the the crowds carrying them along. I, I don't know if maybe they asked and somebody took them by the arm and, and led them into the house where Jesus was at. The Bible doesn't give us those details, but somehow they knew where Jesus went. And they're now in the house where Jesus was. And I can just imagine that they so desired for Jesus to heal them that even after they made it into the house, they continued to cry out, Thou Son of David, have mercy on us. Until at last they gained an audience with Christ. And maybe you're currently in a position in your life where you feel like the Lord isn't hearing you. Maybe you feel like the Lord just walked right by ignoring you. I want to tell you tonight, don't stop crying out for Him. Don't give up. So many times I, I hear people say, well, I asked God and, and He threw up a, a roadblock. Well, I asked God and He closed the door. I understand all that, but I really don't find that in the Bible. I, what I see is time and time again, people who don't get an they keep going till they get an answer. They keep going until they get an answer. And we live today in this weak brand of Christianity where people won't stay on their face before God. They won't wait for an answer from God. They won't do like the old timers used to do when they would pray through. And we just say, well, I asked God and and I guess it just wasn't meant to be. How many times did they cry out for Jesus? I don't know, but they kept crying. They kept searching. They kept trying to find Him. The Bible says if we seek Him with all our heart, we will find Him. 
the house of Judah was about to enter into the Babylonian captivity and the prophet Jeremiah had come on the scene to warn them. And he prophesied this concerning God in Judah. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, say the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. You see, we just need to keep seeking after Him. Keep seeking after Him. We need to keep trying to apprehend the One who apprehended us. And there are times that the Lord is waiting to see how bad we want it. I believe this is what Jesus was doing with these two blind men. He's waiting to see how bad they want it. If Jesus can know who touched His robe when He walked by, He knew these two men were trying to get His attention. He wants to see how bad they want. He wants to see how much faith they have in Him. Do they really believe if they keep pursuing after Him that Jesus will bless? And they just keep at it. Jesus knows they have the right faith. They recognize Him as the promised Son of David. And even though Jesus didn't seem to be paying them attention, they still knew Jesus was able And they just kept crying out and they kept following and they kept crying out and they kept following and they kept crying out and they kept following. And they know that if they can just get His attention, then He could help them. And many times we know we have faith in who the Lord is. And many times we know God is capable. But even still, it would seem like there are times that God is not interested in our situation. That He's not paying attention to us or that He's never going to answer us. What do you do in a time like that? Well, according to this text, you just keep crying out. You keep crying out. You keep following after. Keep crying out, Thou Son of David, have mercy on us. We know who you are and we know what you can do. But the fact remains that Jesus may not answer us until we get in the house. He could have answered when they were calling out for Him in the street. He could have answered the very first time He saw them and heard them, but He didn't. And it could be there are things that we are crying out to God for and God doesn't answer us right away on our time and and God may not answer us when we're in the streets crying out. He may not answer when we first see Him and, and He may not answer when we want Him to. But will you keep following Him into the house? I'm reminded of the parable of the man who went to his friend at midnight. The man had a friend who had come in from a journey and and this man had no bread to put before him and he goes to his friend's house at midnight and he's outside. Can I have three loaves of bread? Remember the account, the parable? The man says, look, I'm in here in bed. My children are in bed here and I can't come out and I can't do this. Trouble me not. In Luke 11, 8 it says, This is Jesus speaking. He says, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, 
because he's his friend. (laughs) Even though he's his friend, he's not going to get up and do this for him. Yet, because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. Importunity is persistence. And it's that kind of persistence that gets on your nerves. Tell me afterwards what is so funny right now. Oh, okay. I guess my wife gets on my nerves. Amen. Um. (laughs) Persistence that gets on my nerves. Now I got all kinds of stories I could tell. (laughs) This man wasn't getting up because he was his friend. Brother Chavez, you come over to the house, you say, Look, I need some bread. (laughs) Go home. (laughs) I need some bread. Shut up, my kids are asleep. I need some bread. Adrian, go find the bread, give him as much as he needs, and send him home. That's importunity. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines importunity as an application for a claim or favor which is urged with troublesome frequency. I looked up a modern definition, and it says this, persistence especially to the point of annoyance. In another parable, Jesus said there was a judge in a city who neither feared God nor regarded man. There came a widow saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And the judge wasn't doing anything about it for a while. But then he said, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. I am tired of hearing from this woman. And I'm going to do this because I'm tired of this case coming before me. A woman of Canaan came and cried unto Jesus, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Jesus looked at her and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she didn't give up. She said, Yeah, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And she kept pressing them, and she kept pressing. And Jesus looked at her and said, O woman, great is thy faith. And he granted her her request. Do you have something you've asked God for but have not yet received an answer? I want to encourage you tonight, you just keep asking. Keep asking, be importunate. Keep following after the Lord and crying out. And don't stop just because Jesus got off the path and Jesus went into the house. But follow Him into the house and keep crying out for Him there as well. Keep praying. Keep crying out until you know that you have God's attention. I remember being on the tiny island of Diego Garcia. I hate to call it a deployment. But that's what the Air Force called it. There's a reason I joined the Air Force to begin with. I remember being on that island walking through the palm trees in the moonlight. 
You remember that, brother? I worked the mid-shift, uh, one of my deployments there, that's all I worked was the night shift because it was so hot and bright outside with that white coral everywhere. And I remember I was walking through the palm trees at night on my day off, and I would always walk this route, and I would just start singing, Pass me not. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. And I would sing that hymn to myself, and it would transition from a song to a plea to an importunate crying out for God, don't pass me by. Jacob got alone one night, and there he wrestled a man. He's called the angel of the Lord. I believe it was the Lord Jesus. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And so these two blind men, they keep persisting. And in verse 28, we see that they are finally before Jesus. They finally have His attention. And now notice what Jesus asks them. He says, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And I look at that and I think, that's kind of an odd question. Obviously they believe because they had followed after Him, crying out, Thou Son of David, have mercy upon us. But Jesus wants an admission of their faith that He alone can do it. See what it says? Believe ye that I am able to do it. Jesus wants to know, do you believe who I am applies to who you are and your situation? Because it's easy to believe that He's the Messiah but do we believe who He says He is in our particular situation? How about your situation personally? Do you really believe He is all you need? Do you really believe that? And we see at the end of verse 28 that they respond by saying, Yay, Lord. And in that little statement, they recognize Jesus' deity. That He is more than a man, but that He is Lord. And now look at verse 29. It says, Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Now before I get into that point, let me just give you a quick disclaimer. God often works even when we don't seek Him. And we know this is true because none of us would be saved if that were the case. If that wasn't true. In your lost condition, when you were not seeking God, God was still seeking you. Hallelujah. And after you came to a saving faith in Christ, you realized how God had been seeking you out. And how someone had been praying for you in maybe different circumstances in your case. But God is still at work when we are not because God is good. God doesn't always wait on our faith to work because God is always faithful. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.13, If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Even after we're born again and we don't always exercise faith as we should, God is still at work because he abides faithful. God can still send the rain and the sunshine without our faith. That's just a little disclaimer there to let you know that. God can work without our faith. So understand, God doesn't need our faith to be able to work all the time. 
But we see in the gospel accounts, there are times that our Lord will choose not to work unless you have faith. Let me say that again. There'll be times that the Lord chooses not to work until He can see your faith. And what we find here is that there are times that the Lord will only work in proportion to your faith. According to your faith, be it unto you. The faith of these two blind men was the condition by which Jesus was going to work. If they did not have faith, Jesus was not going to work. And if they had faith, Jesus was going to work. Now, I believe Jesus knew these men had faith by the actions that they took to get to Jesus. He knew they had faith, but there's a lesson in how Jesus words this to us and to the people who were around Him that day and were able to hear Him. He wanted them to know, He wants us to know, that His working was according to their faith and not because of anything else. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't say, be it according to your wealth? He didn't say, be it according to your talent. Be it according to your ability. Be it according to your status. These were two blind men, and in those days, they very likely didn't have status. They probably didn't have much ability and much talent. The blind in those days were typically left to beg And therefore, they would have had no wealth. In fact, they were often treated as outcasts. Jesus doesn't ask for those things. He doesn't ask for our abilities. He doesn't ask for our talents. But He simply asks, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And then He says, be it according to your faith. Please know that God's blessings on our behalf They can be in proportion to our willingness to trust Him. God doesn't need anything from us to bless us except our faith. By the way, thank God He doesn't just bless according to the proportion of our faith. But He will often exceed that and do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. And I want you to know the same question that Jesus asked them is still the same question Jesus is asking tonight. Believe ye that I am able to do this. What are you facing tonight? What is it that you're going through? What situation are you in that's bigger than you? Do you believe Jesus is all you need? And maybe Jesus has chosen that situation for you because it's going to be according to your faith. And He's trying to grow your faith. But maybe you've chosen to meet that situation in your own efforts and in your own worldly wisdom. Perhaps you're having health issues. Maybe you're having financial issues. Maybe you're having relationship issues. Maybe you're having ministry issues. Whatever issue you are facing... Your faith is the measure on which you are trusting God. And therefore, it's the measure by how much you are seeing God work in your life. 
by your faith. These two men, they applied what they knew to be true, and they did not give up on it. They were blind. They needed a healer. And they just kept after the Lord. And listen, you can know something is possible, but still never accomplish it yourself. People can say, I know God is able, but they've yet to actually experience how able God really is. You might think of someone who has seen another person swimming before they ever learned how to swim. We can see somebody swimming, and we can know it's possible to swim. We can know it to be true, but the difference is when we get in the water, and we start to swim. And we find out for ourselves. And what people say is they go, I know that person could swim, but I never could swim. And sometimes we look at those who have learned to live by faith and we think, God may have done that for them, but I could never live like that and see God do that for me. Can so-and-so swim? Yes. Can you swim? No. Can so-and-so walk by faith? Yes. Can you walk by faith? No. There has to be a transition from disbelief and fear to belief and faith. And it's okay if we start with these little steps where all we're doing is just kind of hanging around the steps of the pool. And as we get a little bit more brave, we, we come off the last step. And it's like, what, up to here? You know what I'm saying? I know we're independent Baptists. Nobody here has ever swam in your life. <clears throat> Don't let the white shirt fool you, okay? And you kind of play around in the little shallow area because you've gotten a little more bold. You've come off the steps a little bit. You kind of play around there, and then you notice that little rope there, and you want to get on the other side of that, but you kind of hang on to the wall. Right? Kind of hang on the wall, and then... You know, your, your buddy's out there that knows how to swim, and then uh, you see them, they're just having fun, and you kind of let go, and you're like, you, you kind of do this doggy paddle thing real quick, and you grab back onto the wall. <laughs> yeah, y'all swim. <laughs> and then somebody's out there, maybe a mom or dad or something, uh, I don't know, whoever. They're like, hey, swim to me. I won't let you drown. And in your mind, you know logically that that's true. Boy, it's way different when you're the one letting go and you're trying to get out to that person that says, I've got you. Right? Are you with me? And sometimes that's how God works our faith. How He increases our faith. Hey, just come down off the stairs a little bit. Just get in the shallow area a little bit. It's okay. Hang on to the wall and just come out here a bit. Do that goofy looking thing and grab back on if you want. But God is saying, look, at some point, I'm wanting you to let go of that thing, and I'm wanting you to swim in this water to where you trust me, to where you have faith in me. And what's great about that is once you learn how, it doesn't matter if you're in four feet or 4,000 feet. But guess what happens at that point? Your mind begins to play tricks on you. I remember when I went to water survival school and we parasailed and we had to cut loose and you go down to the water and you have to tread water as you're blowing up your personal raft. I can swim, no problem. I'm like a dolphin. 
but your mind starts going, what's down below there? <laughs> Anybody see that footage recently of the sharks? The shark below the surfers in South Africa? I showed it to my family. This kayaker had to come out and scare the shark off. Uh-uh. And really, it's, it's the same motions. It's the same swimming. It's the same faith, if I can put it that way. But we start looking at it as, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's something down there. No, no, it's, it's the same thing. God is still in control. Is everybody with me on this? And so God wants to increase your faith. And there's these little steps that God begins to increase your faith. I don't know how my parents knew, but they knew I wanted a go-kart. But at the age of 10, I kept praying, Lord, I really want a go-kart. I really want a go-kart. 10, 11, 12, I don't know how, somewhere in there. And I got a go-kart that year, and that increased my faith. I remember one year I started praying, Lord, I really want a white Christmas. I really want a white Christmas. That's not a big deal up here. I really want a white Christmas. And there was no snow forecast. I said, Lord, I just really want a white Christmas. A little bitty snowstorm came through North Georgia, dusted the ground. It, was, it melted by 10 a.m., all right? But that increased my faith. Are you with me? It's getting further out. It's, it's going deeper. It, it's, it's walking with God to a, to a level that maybe you haven't done before. It's, it's Him teaching you to walk by faith. He wants us to eventually to trust Him so that we are now swimming on our own with no fear because we know He's got it. That He's in complete control. And God wants to teach you to trust Him more and more by faith. He wants to take you from the kitty sprinkler. You ever seen kids run around the sprinkler with like arm things on? What are you going to do? And they're like so huge, their arms are out here like this. And they're, they're in this little kiddie spring. And God says, look, I want you to get in the kiddie pool. And then God wants you to get into the deeps. But we're like that child who hangs on to the wall of the swimming pool. Saying, come to me, I will not let you drown. God is waiting for you to let go and to come to Him in faith, trusting that He will never let you drown. Who He really is in your life applies to where you are in your faith in Him. And there may be times that you feel like you're going to go under. But He's designed it this way to teach you how to live by faith. Lord, save me! The Lord reaches down and lifts Peter up. Increasing faith. That Jesus will always be there. God often blesses in accordance to our willingness to trust Him. And in those moments when it seems like He isn't helping, just keep crying out to God. And church, what I want to tell you tonight is this. Our church body is only going to go as far as our faith will take it. Do you hear what I said? This church body is only going to go as far as our faith will take us. We will only go as far as our faith in God goes. Do you believe God still has great things in store for us? He wasn't surprised by the virus. 
Let's keep crying out. Let's keep being importunate. Let's track the Lord down even if it seems like He's not paying attention. Now, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now, Son of David, have mercy on us. Even if He walks into the house, let's walk into the house after Him. Let's search Him out and cry out to Him. Let's keep believing to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let's keep believing to see in 2020. And I can almost hear the Lord asking, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And if the Lord said to Liberty Baptist Tabernacle, according to your faith, be it unto you, how much would we accomplish? I don't know about you, but that sure is a humbling thought for me. We started the year believing to see the goodness of the Lord, and it feels like it's been one thing after the other. And I think if the Lord would have asked at the beginning of the year, do you believe I'm able to do this? And the overwhelming majority would have said, yes. But how about now? How about now that we've been dealing with COVID-19? How about now after we've had to overcome various disappointments? How about now in June? How about now that our music leader and youth leader is about to be deployed? If the Lord asks us tonight, do you believe I'm still able to do this? Would we still say yes? And then if the Lord said, be it according to your faith. What miracles would we see take place by God's hand? And it's been said the reason why we don't see big things is because we don't ask God for big things. I want you to know that I don't just want to see a return to normalcy, though that would be good. I am still chasing after the Lord with the same vision that He gave in January. And I'm asking you to join me in seeking out the Lord. Continuing to cry out to the Lord importunately. Who is this church that keeps crying out to me? That's Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. Good night. Give them what they need. Let's keep seeking. Let's keep crying until we're finally in the same room with Christ. And He'll say, according to your faith, be it unto you. Do you want to see God do great and mighty things which we know not? Do you want to see God do seeding abundantly above all we ask or think? Then church, let's keep believing to see. Let's pray.